The Old Testament reading is from Isaiah 41, verses 13 through 20. For I am the Lord, your God, who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear. I will help you. Do not be afraid, you worm Jacob, you little Israel. Do not fear. For I myself will help you, declares the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. See, I will make you into a threshing sledge, new and sharp, with many teeth. You will thresh the mountains and crush them and reduce the hills to chaff. You will winnow them, the wind will pick them up and a gale will blow them away. But you will rejoice in the Lord and glory in the Holy One of Israel. The poor and needy search for water, but there is none. Their tongues are parched with thirst, but I, the Lord, will answer them. I, the Lord of Israel, will not forsake them. I will make rivers flow on barren heights and springs within the valleys. I will turn the deserts into pools of water and the parched ground into springs. I will put in the desert the cedar and the acacia and the myrtle and the olive. I will set junipers in the wasteland, the fir and the cypress together, so that people may see and know, may consider and understand that the hand of the Lord has done this that the Holy One of Israel has created it. This is the word of the Lord. The New Testament passage is found on page 1026 in your pew Bible. The book of Luke, chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. Page 1026. The birth of Jesus. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him 
and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. This is the word of the Lord.
Good morning, everyone. Merry Christmas. It's great to see so many of you. I was not sure how many um, people would come. So thank you for being here. Um, my name is Catherine. I'm a member here at Sherman Street um, with my husband and son, the one that you know, screamed his way out. Um, currently pursuing ordination as a chaplain in the, uh, in the RCA, and I'm also currently 33 and a half weeks pregnant, so if this message goes longer than 10 minutes, please bring me a chair. <laughs> um, will you pray with me? Yea, Lord, we greet thee, born this happy morning. Jesus, to thee be glory given. Word of the Father now in flesh appearing, O come, we adore you, Christ the Lord. Jesus, as you broke into the mess of human life on that first Christmas, we ask that you too would come now and be with us this Christmas morning. By your Holy Spirit, as we hear what you have to say to us this morning, make us receptive and ready. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen. For I am the Lord your God, who takes hold of your right hand, and says to you, do not fear, I will help you. For I am the Lord your God, who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear, I will help you. I wonder how you hear and receive that beautiful and bold promise this Christmas morning. I don't know about you, but for the last several years of just being alive, um, I've been turned into a bit of a skeptic um, among numerous things, the domestic and global political landscape, the climate crisis, the pandemic, the state of the church, the state of denominations in America, increased cost of living, wars seeming to spring up um, constantly have hardened my heart and have caused me to hear verses like that from Isaiah and be more likely to roll my eyes than receive the hope that it offers. I've walked through enough challenges, sustained enough hurt, experienced enough disappointment for my human brain, if allowed to go unchecked, to believe that it's safer, smarter, simpler, to ignore such invitations to faith that these words offer. The problems are too big and the evil is too rampant. But this morning, this Christmas day, a day that we are actually allowed to lean into hope and wonder, I want us to practice the Sherman Street practice of believing two things can be true at the same time. I want to invite us, and I'm feeling the need to be invited as much as anyone else, to turn down the volume of the inner cynic that might have taken up residence in our hearts and minds, even just for the few minutes that I'll be up here and say, yes, the world is very messed up and things feel particularly dark and uncertain at this moment. Yes, maybe you are carrying heavy burdens. Maybe you are sitting in the midst of broken or challenging relationships, suffering from an illness that seems to have no end. Maybe you are struggling to make ends meet, wondering if parenting will ever get easier searching endlessly for purpose at work. Maybe you are fighting loneliness, addiction, crippling depression or anxiety. Yes, real, real, true things. And the words that the Lord God Almighty speaks are also true. 
for I am the Lord your God, who takes your right hand and says to you, do not fear, I will help you. Or verse 16, you will rejoice in the Lord and glory in the Holy One of Israel. Or verse 17, the poor and needy search for water, but there is none. Their tongues are parched with thirst, but I, the Lord, will answer them. I, the God of Israel, will not forsake them. Now, you may be asking yourself why we are in Isaiah right now rather than in Luke, where we could be. Well, it's because our passage in Luke 2 is the answer to the outpouring of and the fulfillment of Isaiah 41 and every other promise that the Lord makes through scripture to help, to rescue, to be with, to uplift, to hear and to love. Of course, each individual passage we hear God's um, presence being promised or his help being promised, it speaks to a specific situation and need, but ultimately the whole arc of scripture is working its way to this moment in our Luke 2 passage, the coming of Emmanuel, God with us. The waiting is over, the longing has been fulfilled. This morning we embrace and celebrate that God has helped us. He is helping us. He sent us Jesus. Jesus who lived a life, died a death, and then rose again in order that we might be reconciled to God and each other. Jesus who ushered in the kingdom of God and is working even now to make all things new. Jesus who removes unnecessary burdens. Do not fear, I will help you. Jesus who is our comfort and our healing. Do not fear, I will help you. Jesus who brings peace and leads us into reconciliation. Do not fear, I will help you. Jesus, who is our provider and sustainer, do not fear, I will help you. Jesus, who is closer to us than we even are to ourselves, do not fear, I will help you. Jesus, who has the power to break chains and bring freedom, do not fear, I will help you. Jesus, in whom we find our deepest, truest, wholest selves, do not fear, I will help you. We can believe God's words in Isaiah because we receive Jesus in Luke. Thanks be to God. We do... Um, we do tend to get into some trouble though with all this good news and promise, or at least I can, when we expect or desire to see God be our help in uh, the ways that I believe are best, or in accordance with my will rather than the Lord's. Or maybe we just shut ourselves off from trusting and believing that God might help us at all in order to protect ourselves from disappointment and hurt. Lord, I need a job, and it needs to be this type of job, and it needs this salary range and with these benefits. It's got to be this way. I even made a budget. Look. <laughs> Lord, I need my spouse to change in this particular way in order for things to get better. Esther Perel said so. Lord, I'm done praying. With, you don't seem to be listening because I'm not seeing any change. I just won't bother you anymore. We think we know best. 
We think our education or our experience or our logic or our perception is best. It overtakes our faith. And this isn't a new or unique human trait. We've always thought we've known best. It's the core of the curse of the fall. The people of God in whom, uh, into whose midst Jesus was born had been waiting for the arrival of the promised Messiah for a long, long time. But they were waiting with a particular set of expectations for a particular fulfillment of that promise. A warrior king with a strong military agenda and the physical power to free them from the oppressive Roman forces. And yet Jesus came as a baby. Born to a young teenager, unmarried and insignificant, breaking all social conventions and expectations. News of Jesus' birth was first announced to shepherds, lowly and very rough around the edges, turning upside down the value of status and position. Jesus was housed first in a stable and laid in the eating trough of farm animals, dignifying the unhoused and defying the power and status of wealth. We read elsewhere in the Gospels that the first people who did have any real status who heard of Jesus' birth and visited him were the Magi, members of a community outside of the people of God, Gentiles, widening the gates of the kingdom from the moment of Jesus' birth. Nothing about Jesus' arrival was in alignment with expectations, and yet he came anyway. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord in Isaiah 55. He came anyway, and he helped us in life-saving, expectation-defying ways. This Christmas, I wonder whether Jesus might be inviting you to loosen your grip on your expectations so that you can see where he's already at work in your life and in the world. Where might we be invited to quieten the inner cynic and embrace the hope of Christmas. That in the face of the darkness of the world, Jesus' arrival was the beginning of all things being made new. All bad things being put right. And he's at work right now, even if we can't see it or hear him. Let's pray. Jesus, in defiance of our inner cynics and all the darkness and uncertainty in the world, we look to you and cling to the hope that your unexpected arrival as a small, fragile baby offers us. Soften us, Jesus, to see your work. Fan into, um, fan into big, deep flames, faith, so that even when we don't see you moving, we can trust that you are working. In your name we pray, amen.